presence, awakening, and abundance. In this podcast, Eckhart answers questions about the process of awakening and how to create more abundance in our lives. Eckhart says when we desire something, we believe that we already have it. He says consciousness is the source from which everything flows. He also believes our state of consciousness determines how we experience life. Eckhart reminds us that while we may want or need many things, we do not need certain outcomes for our fulfillment. He explains that on the inner plane, we already are complete and have everything we need. Hello, Eckhart. Hello. Buenas noches. Oh, buenos dias. I'm so grateful for the School of Awakening and for your presence during the entire course. So thank you for sharing the teaching with us. Thank you. Thank you. So we've spoken before about asking from a sense of fullness or abundance when in need of something. However, I don't know how to reconcile asking with accepting the present moment completely because it's, it seems to me that asking kind of implies that something is missing from the present moment. Yes. Also, what if what I'm asking for kind of interferes with the plans of the universe or shouldn't be asked for at all? For instance, my kid was recently diagnosed with uh, something and I would like to ask for his healing, but what if the what if the universe needs him to, you know, experience that condition so that he awakens? So in summary, my questions are, first, how can I reconcile asking with accepting the present moment? And second, how can you know whether what you're asking for is reasonable or in alignment with the plans of the universe? Very good question. Very good. Thank you. So there you gave the two examples. One is asking for, uh, let's say, abundance or prosperity or something like that. And another one is asking for healing for somebody else. Uh, so there are two examples. And I'd say the, I'm not sure whether I used the word asking uh, very much. I hope not, because uh, it's not so much asking for something when you want to manifest something but let's let's stay with the let's say prosperity you want more prosperity in your life asking for more prosperity uh, would be a imply that you don't have it because you have to ask for it so that's not the right approach the right approach is not really not to ask for something, but let's start with abundance of prosperity. You have to go deeply into the present moment where you realize what Jesus called the fullness of life. Let's use that expression, the fullness of life. In some translations of the Bible, it's, it's translated as abundant life so he said i want you to have abundant life i want you to have the fullness of life that's another translation for the same thing that he said and that's very interesting what is what was he referring to was he referring to material abundance was he referring to 
I want you to be able to buy more things? Was he saying, I want you to build bigger shopping malls so that you can really have abundance? No, he was not referring to shopping malls or buying more stuff. He was referring to a state of consciousness that is the, the, the realization of a dimension in which nothing is missing, in which there is the realization that you, in the essence of who you are, are already complete. You are totally complete and you can sense the fullness of life that is here now. It is inseparable from who you are. And that is ultimately, if you want to put a label to it, it is consciousness itself out of which everything is comes. It's the consciousness that creates everything. But before the consciousness creates things and beings, before the consciousness creates, it is primordial consciousness in its original state. One could almost say that's before the universe came into being, before the Big Bang, what was there before the Big Bang? No scientist can go there, it's no answer. But that is the primordial state of consciousness, the state before the Big Bang, which in historical terms was billions of years ago, but that state before the Big Bang is in you now, is in every human now, because you are a microcosm of the entire universe. And even the entire history of the universe is contained in you. And the timeless dimension of pure consciousness that gave rise and continuously gives rise to the world is present in you as you. And if you, you become very still, when there's nothing left except the realization of intense stillness and consciousness, which is just you are aware that you are consciousness. You are conscious. That's the fullness of life. Whatever you achieve in this world or whatever you get is secondary. It comes out of that. It's created by that. And it will return to that. Nothing that you, nothing that you create in the world of form lasts for very long. So you're no longer looking to anything in the world of form to satisfy you because you have found the source of all satisfaction already in the depths of the here and now. And that's the realization of the fullness of life. And from that, if you wanted to make a statement that you would like to have a more pleasant place to live, for example, let's say you live in a very unpleasant place and you go into that, you realize the fullness of life and you can then take a mental image and you can merge it with the realization of the fullness of life. And that means you feel that you already have it. Whatever you, are, you want to have, you no longer want to have it. You feel it's already there because it is contained in the primordial consciousness already. And that's what Jesus meant when he said, when you pray for something, believe that you have received it. He doesn't say, believe that you will receive it. He says, believe that you have received it. So it's already there in your consciousness. And so when you do get it, you say, oh, how nice. 
but you didn't need it anymore for your fulfillment because that was that's already there. So when you then at attain something, you say, oh, that's very nice, thank you. But it's no more than that. You don't get, oh, wow, I finally made it. Yeah, I got it. Now I have to hang on to it. And then immediately you say, I have to hang on to it. Fear comes in, so you're lost again. <laughs> now, with reference to healing, again, you're not asking. That is, I know some people do that, but that is not the deepest form of, uh, let's say the expression is sending healing to somebody. What you, again, you have to go to that place that I just described, the realization of fullness, completeness, wholeness. And then you take the image of this person and realize that what you realize is the wholeness of yourself is also the wholeness of that person. The condition becomes irrelevant, whatever this person is. You realize when you bring the image of this person into the realization of wholeness within yourself, you're basically affirming beyond concept and words that this person is already whole and complete and healed. That is the level where no healing is necessary because at that level, the, that person is whole. And then if healing is appropriate, that person may experience healing, but you didn't ask for it. You recognized the essence of this human being and, and you gave no attention to the condition, whatever condition, the, the form of this person was suffering from, you don't focus on that and you don't say you want to remove this condition or you don't ask God or consciousness, please remove this condition from this person. No, you go to a deeper place where the wholeness has never been affected by whatever the condition is. So this, this person is whole and complete and holy, whole and holy. So again, that's the true healing. It, it, it always, there's no longer a question of, of whether the universe needs or the consciousness needs this person to experience this or not. That's all secondary. The, if healing is uh, possible, it will happen in that way. And if not, it won't happen, and that will be just right. So that's the way to go for whatever the, the two questions. The answer is basically the same. So stop asking for stuff or anything. <laughs> it's not, you don't need to ask for anything. Thank you, Eckhart. I really appreciate it. Thank you. We have another question here, Eckhart. This person writes in. You've talked about how most people go through a gradual process of awakening and that very few people have a sudden awakening. If we have a choice of whether to awaken or not, why do we not all awaken suddenly if we have the intention to do so? Do we really have a choice in the matter or is there a genetic involvement or grace perhaps involved? Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> the intention to awaken, I think that's a part of the question, intent or intention uh, to awaken, can come from a true place 
but it can also come from ego. So first you have to look at uh, the uh, intention or the desire to awaken can be an egoically motivated desire, in which case, of course, nothing is going to happen. So this would be the case if somebody is not satisfied anymore with whatever they have achieved and feels this sense of something important is missing. And then he or she reads about or hears about awakening or enlightenment. And then the same egoic self that before was looking for a nice big car or house or, uh, or seek, seeking enhancement of its sense of self one way or another by identifying with this or that. It says, oh, I, got, I found something much better I, I want. It's called enlightenment or awakening. And when I achieve that, then I'll be really really superior to everybody else. I've been trying to be superior through many things, but I never quite get that feeling that person would say, think, if not consciously, unconsciously. So it's, it's an, an, it could be an unconscious desire to achieve a superior state where I'm finally going to be myself. And finally, people are going to, or you might have image of yourself as being a spiritual a spiritual teacher who said, oh, well, if Eckhart can do that, I'm sure I can. I just have to work hard enough. <laughs> and then I'll be up on stage talking to thousands of people. That's what I really, and then I'll be happy. So that's not the real intention. That's an egoically motivated intention. Now, if it's, a, if it's real, the intention to awaken comes from a deeper place. It is often linked with uh, the feeling that you cannot, that you, you're not prepared to suffer anymore. It's more helpful to seek awakening because you want to end the, the, the suffering of your life than to seek awakening because you want to achieve enlightenment. This is why the Buddha said, the Buddha didn't say, I teach enlightenment. He said, I teach suffering at the end of suffering. So that is a more powerful motivation, a more true motivation to seek the end of suffering because you've seen wherever you go, you, you find suffering and unhappiness. Now then, the intention to awaken is already the beginning of the awakening. So when you, you realize the possibility of awakening, there's a glimpse of something. There's a glimpse of what is possible when you are not identified with your mind. It could, would be a simple thing like see, realizing that the voice in your head is not who you are. You become aware of what the voice in your head has been saying for years, repeating the same kind of things that made you unhappy. The narratives that made you unhappy, suddenly realizing that and then you say, oh, I want to awaken out of that without knowing that that desire to awaken is already the beginning of your awakening. And that's, then it's a true thing. Until this happens, there's a moment where it comes as a glimpse or sudden knowing, wow, of something that's possible. You disidentify from your mind briefly, perhaps. Or you have moments when you're not burdened by your habitual sense of self. Perhaps you have brief moments of self-transcendence. 
either when you're overwhelmed by something in the natural world or you are witnessing the death of somebody or you're witnessing the birth of a baby. These are all kind of limit situations where the transcendent opens up briefly. And so you might, where it arises, we don't know. And once you have had a glimpse or a taste of the transcendent for whatever reason, it could be that an accident happened to you and suddenly you survived, but suddenly all the things that were important in your life, you realize how that you considered important, you realize how unimportant they all were. So yeah, you're on your hospital bed that, oh my God. And so the transcendent can open up briefly through illness, accident, the experience of death and dying, even the experience of birth or some huge problem in your life. And, 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 and then suddenly for a moment, you're free of it. So whatever it is, this can this happens before this happens, this brief opening, there isn't really anything you can do because uh, whatever you might read about awakening, you might read about enlightenment, but that's not enough. If, you, if the desire comes just because you read something, uh, it's still most likely to be, be egoically motivated. So the first glimpse or the first awakening comes to you and we don't know why it comes to you and not to somebody else. It can come through, yes, it can come through reading of a book when you're, if you're ready for it, but there's a reason why you're ready for it. And then a book comes into your hands and you open it, whatever it is, a book that is, was written from the place of presence or a spiritual book and you read it and it begins you begin to experience glimpses of presence or transcendence just by reading those pages and you, so you don't and you just put the book aside and say wow wow and again you'll feel oh i knew that i knew that already i just couldn't verbalize it i knew it so you recognize the truth spiritual truth when you see it these are moments of awakening once the beginning, have, you have begun to awaken, then an element of choice comes in. This element of choice, you can then cooperate with the awakening process and you can some often choose in certain situations to be present rather than to be reactive. You can realize that awakening is the most important thing in your life. Your state of consciousness is what determines how you experience your life, it determines your actions, it determines how you react or rather respond to situations, and thereby it determines what happens to you next in the so-called future. So all these things you realize are arise out of the your presence in this moment, and that becomes the most important part of your life. So once you reach that, you can choose presence. And it doesn't mean you will always choose it because there may be unconscious subpersonalities in you that temporarily and periodically take you over. You may get triggered by certain people or certain situations. And you might have said, 
I want to, one day you say, yes, I want to, I want, I'm choosing presence, I want to be present. And then the next day the phone rings and, oh, I don't know, let's see, your stockbroker calls and that I'm sorry to tell you that uh, we invested your money in the wrong place and it's, you only have 10% left now. <laughs> now in that moment, your desire to be present may have disappeared because it gets overwhelmed by a reaction of the ego. Or you get triggered by a person that you, you visit your parents and you say one day, and you say, I want to continue to awaken. And then you're confronted with your mother or father who have been telling you the same things for many decades and they disapprove of what you do and who you are and you can feel yourself. You need to defend yourself and you get reactive just as before. So that often you find thinking. Other things become temporarily more important to you than to continue to be present or to awaken. And that's fine. That's part of the awakening process too. In other words, you lose yourself periodically in certain mental, emotional, reactive patterns and so on. You lose yourself in your mind, you lose yourself in your emotional field. That's all part of the awakening and then you can choose to come back to presence at some point. But until you have at least experienced the beginning of transcendence, a glimpse, you, you can't really do anything. It's not a choice until, it's only once you've experienced the beginning of it, then you can, can choose or you're not going to choose all the time yet. But you can choose in many situations to be present rather than to be trapped in your mind and identified with your mind and identified with your emotional field. So there are still millions and millions of people who are, who are not ready for presence. And if you, anybody talk to them about presence would be completely meaningless. I often hear stories of people tell me I gave a power of now or new earth to a relative or friend and said, you must read this, this book will change your life. And then the relative or friend, a few days or weeks later, you ask, well, what about that book? Have you read it? And said, well, I, I started reading it and I read three pages, but it's, it's total nonsense. It doesn't make sense whatsoever to me. What, why did you give me that book? <laughs> so, so obviously, the, and, and then, this story was told me several times by people who were given that book and for whom the, the book was completely meaningless for several years, it was on their shelf. And then things in the meantime, things happened in their lives. And one day they picked it up accidentally or coincidentally. And, sorry, and suddenly it said, wow, suddenly it meant they had, this was, it became their first opening into the transcendent image. And once this has happened, then an element of choice comes in. But the, the first thing you can't choose because you don't have a choice because you're not, choice implies that there's enough awareness to at least briefly or temporarily disconnect from the conditioning of your mind. Until that awareness has arisen, presence, awareness, if only briefly, until that happens, you have no choice because you are totally trapped in the conditioned mind. You are totally identified with the conditioned mind. There's no, it's like a very heavy layer of clouds 
is total the sky is totally covered in a covered in a heavy layer of thick clouds that's the mental emotional field with which you are totally identified there's not the tiniest opening and where you see a blue sky beyond the clouds so for many millions of people still there is no choice and then something happens and then there's a beginning of an awakening and after that there is an element of choice but even to say let me add the last thing now even to say that you have now you have an element of choice is a limited way of talking about it because ultimately you are not separate from the consciousness that awakens you are an embodiment or manifestation of the awakening consciousness and when you feel that you have a choice and who is choosing what really is happening is consciousness is able to manifest to arise through you and you interpret it as having a choice but ultimately it's consciousness is choosing to come through you but it is not helpful to think i have no choice it's more helpful to adopt the limited perspective that says yes i have a choice then it happens more easily but ultimately there's not a duality of who you are and who or what presence is so there isn't ultimately a you who chooses presence because that would be a duality you are nothing without consciousness you are consciousness so you become you are the awakening consciousness there isn't really a person there there's just a temporary perspective so in ultimate terms you don't choose what happens is when you think you can choose it means consciousness is arising through you and but you don't even need to go there it's more helpful to feel that you can choose and you're meant to feel that you can choose and in ultimate terms there's no duality so there's not not you and consciousness there isn't you and god consciousness by the way as i use the term is i would describe as the emanation of god like light is the emanation of the sun god is totally transcendent god is not located in space or time god is the, the ultimate source of all life but the source emanates into this dimension consciousness which is the light of the source the source emanates consciousness into this dimension and everything is consciousness in different frequencies you could say inanimate matter is you could say it's frozen consciousness and then just like water can have different manifesting different different levels of density and so on so the ultimate truth is uh, the truth of oneness there isn't you and the most important thing is that uh, there isn't you and presence because you are presence presence is you as i often say as you i'm sure you remember the person that you think you are the form identity of the person is a ripple on the surface of the ocean 
So you are that ripple as a person, you are the ripple. But the ripple ultimately has no independent autonomous existence. The ripple is a, is a manifestation of the, the wholeness of the ocean. It's a way in which the ocean takes temporary form as a ripple. It has no independent life. It has no, it's, no it's, it's, it's not autonomous. It's one with the ocean. And that's why I believe it was Alan Watts who said, the author and spiritual teacher who passed away quite a few years ago, he said, uh, you are something that the whole universe is doing in the same way that a wave is something that the whole ocean is doing. So you are an activity of the, the universe, and the universe is not, he did not mean the sense-perceived, all the stuff that's in the universe, the sense-perceived universe, that which underlies the universe, which is the, the consciousness. So you are something that the whole universe is doing. There's no entity ultimately there. You are an activity of consciousness. And to see yourself as a person is a limitation. You're not, you're not an entity and nothing ultimately is a thing. Ultimately, we shouldn't use any noun at all because there are no things, nothing is independent. Everything is active, everything is movement and vibration. And, and everything is consciousness manifesting at different vibrational frequencies, but the one consciousness. And there's no permanent entity anywhere. And that's an interesting, wonderful realization. So you are, you are an activity of consciousness that manifests in this dimension. I could go on talking about this, but I, let's stop here. It's a fascinating subject, and it's not just talking about it. It's, as I speak, I hope that the words can, to some extent, act as signposts, so that what the words point, you experience that to which the words point, which is beyond the words. Ultimately, the essence of what we are engaged in here is beyond time so it's not really final and it, the essence of what, what we are engaged in here does not leave you it doesn't become only the surface becomes a memory in your mind but it remains alive in you and if it works as it's intended to it amplifies and strengthens the arising presence in you and it continues to do that so although the externals of the situation once it is over will recede into the past that's relatively unimportant the essence remains in you as you and it is a timeless dimension of consciousness of who you are and that continues to manifest more fully through you. And that never becomes part of the past. So we're not leaving anything behind. It's just we're going more deeply into the timeless dimension and that remains. It's all concerned with discovering the timeless dimension to who you are and living from that. And I can, for a little while, I, as this 
temporary person can reflect back to you who you are. That's kind of my function to reflect back to you who you are. And if you find it helpful and you love listening to what I say and just uh, you can sense the presence, don't think it's it's something that's in me. It's if you can sense my presence, you're really sensing your presence. Because only presence can be aware of presence. Only awareness can be aware of awareness. So it's all in you. And the time will come and may be approaching fast when you can do without the reflection of presence. And you can be, you become, and many of you already are, you can reflect presence for others. And a time comes when you don't need me anymore to reflect your own presence back to you. And by doing that, amplify it. And that will be wonderful. And uh, you will also find that increasingly you will encounter situations and people in which or for whom you can be very helpful in uh, situations where presence, your presence, and say yours, it's not yours, it's just it's only one presence, it's just a way of speaking. Increasingly, as you embody presence, you'll find you will be encounter situations and people where presence can make a decisive difference in situations and in other human beings. You reflect it back to reflect presence back to others. You can you may be able to make a difference in a situation that is where conflict arises and you can bring uh, sanity to insanity. Perhaps you can make a difference even when you interact in social media instead of being part of the madness. You can bring sanity through your contribution that's highly needed. And every time your presence becomes helpful to someone or to a situation, it manifests in situations the more it grows in you. Many of you may experience or may already have experienced that uh, occasionally you, in a casual conversation, a person mentions something or a question arise, arises and you suddenly find yourself saying something that is some a kind of pointer to presence or to consciousness. And then suddenly the other person is, oh, wow. It can bring about a first awakening in, in, in another human being. Strange thing happened when I, I went through the spiritual awakening. For the first few years, I couldn't say much about it. But then gradually, I was able to speak about it a bit more. And I could see what others, how, how, they, how other people's minds uh, made them miserable. And I was able to point things out and then was engaged in spiritual conversations with people without intending to. And I could sense that the presence in me was growing more strongly. Every time I was engaged in a spiritual conversation with somebody, 
so much so that even people who had not, not very much sensitivity, sometimes they said, I can feel something strange, something here strange in the room, I can feel something. What are you doing? Of course, I wasn't doing anything. I was just, just, presence was shining, and some people even felt it as an energy field in the room, which is amazing. And many of you will um, experience similar things, and the more you help others, the more it grows in you. So it's, it's a just wonderful process, and that's what the world needs, of course. Let's have some stillness. Without the idea that we are doing in meditation, meditation is not a doing. Meditation is the realization of being. So it's a simple realization of being. Being means what's the first person singular of the verb to be? It's I am. And that's the meditation, the realization of beingness, the realization that you are. I am. But nothing is added to it, just I am. Not this or that. I am. You can either close your eyes or keep your eyes open, whatever your preference is. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. <laughs>